Welcome to episode 49 of Coffee and Coat Read, your source for all things literary, with Kristen and Catherine, where we believe there's nothing better than a hot coffee and an awesome book. Join us for our virtual book club, where we take one book a month and dive into all the drama, adventure, and romance we can find. Hey, Kristen. Hi, Catherine. So it's a new book, which is always exciting. Yay! Um, <laughs> we're doing uh, Solitaire by Alice Oseman. I think that's yeah. how you say her last name. We're going to assume it, it is. Is it Osman? It's not Osman. Osman would just be O-S-M. Yeah. Oseman. Anyway, yeah. that's what I'm assuming. If I'm wrong, I feel bad and I apologize. <laughs> um. So how did you get into this book? Because this was a you first Book. This was a me, a me for, so I will be honest with you. Um, I discovered this book. I like I sort of like sort of shames me that I've discovered this book through the TV series, the Netflix series Heartstopper, which was released last April. Um, uh, I think. Uh, it, I must have been on Easter break or something like that. Mm-hmm. Where we're from, I get as a teacher, I get a week off, like the school. We don't do spring break; we get Easter break. Uh, so we get a a week off around Easter holidays. So mm-hmm. we get off from Good Friday through <laughs> the whole next week, and then we go back like the following Monday. So really, we get like nine or ten days off. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, so it must have come out around then because I remember being off and being able to like stay up late. Yeah. And I just remember seeing it on the banner like on Netflix. Yeah. And I saw like, you know how sometimes it autoplays the Mm -hmm. ads for it? And so I was like, oh, this looks cute and campy and like, you know, a little bit different. Um, So I put it on. The first time I watched it, I felt, I was so uncomfortable because <laughs> some of it, some parts of it are really awkward and you and I both feel the same way about awkward things yeah. in that we can't handle them. Um, so like there was some bits, like a couple of scenes that I was like, just like, oh my God, I can't look. And I'm pretty sure I like skipped ahead because I couldn't <laughs> feel with the awkwardness. Yeah. But by the time the end of the series came around, I was obsessed. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure I've watched it all together like probably 20 times. <laughs> it's just – I know. I'm obsessed and it's just like – I am I honestly do think I watch it like six times in a week, that first week that I discovered it. Yeah. It's just like <laughs> – it's feel good. It's yeah. romantic without being like super cheesy, like – I, it just makes it just makes you all warm and fuzzy inside. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, so after I watched it like once or twice, I was like googling everything there was about it, <laughs> and found out that it was uh, a graphic, a series of graphic novels. So then I immediately bought them, read them. Then I was looking up her other works, Alice Oseman. And turns out she has a full, like, plethora. She's got, like, a bunch of other full-blown novels mm-hmm. based on the same set of, not the exact same characters, because the Heartstopper bo- the Heartstopper series is based on Nick and Charlie, 
Um, and so then there are other characters in the show and that's who the books center around these other characters. Um, so yeah, so I immediately, yeah, this, this one is about Charlie's sister, Tori. So, um, yeah, I had to look up all the other books and see what they were about. Um, Mm -hmm. I just, I really like the book. It's, it's so like honest and open and I really like that it covers like it, it, it centers around the kids that don't fit in boxes, mm-hmm. not because of anything like magical or like, you know, any great trauma in like, both my parents died in a car or a car accident and now I'm homeless. Like, mm-hmm. while there's a place for those things, I just, I like that her books sort of come like, they're just regular kids. Yeah. And like, and they act like kids, like they act like teenagers, like mm-hmm. they go to parties and they're all stressed and freaking out about the latest like drama in school. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're in relationships or they're not in relationships. And the fact that they're not in relationships is a dramatic thing. Like mm-hmm. they're not like these crazy heroic children with like superpowers and like these huge backstories. They're just normal kids that care about stupid stuff yeah and i don't know it's just like obviously i won't i wouldn't like that all the time because i do love a good fantasy like i love magic and i love Mm -hmm. those like tragic stories and i love people with superpowers it's just nice that this is different yeah i get that and it's like it's not something we've read before like it's not something i've read about before Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah, I really like it. I'm asking how you got into it, even though I know. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So I've kind of mentioned before, I don't I don't really like watching new shows or new movies. Um, it's mostly an anxiety thing. I get myself worked up about new shows and then I just, I delay it yeah. and just put it off forever. Um <laughs> Uh, so Kristen basically showed up at my house with some food and we sat down, um, on just a random day and watched the whole thing. Yeah. So I didn't really have a choice, (laughs) but she fed me. So it was good. Um, (laughs) but yeah, so we watched the whole first season and it was super cute and I obviously loved them. Yeah. Um, I actually haven't watched it again. At all. I only watched it that one time, but not really for any reason. It was a good show. I just, I didn't get obsessed, but I did, um, I did go on Libby then because you had talked to me about the books and the graphic novels before we even watched the show. Yeah. Um, So I went on Libby and checked and I put any of Alice Oseman's books that were there um, on hold. And anyway, I eventually got this book. And I, I loved it. And I like, I just kind of wish that I had found a book like this when I was in high school and I was a yeah. teenager, like the insights into mental health of teenagers and like how hard it is to deal with things because you're not really equipped to like, you're barely equipped to deal with it as an adult, let alone when yeah you're a teenager and everything else is going on. I just really 
appreciated that and like it definitely made reading this book a good experience I think overall for me yeah yeah it's true like again I I I always come at things from the teacher angle because it's really the only angle I have um Hmm. But, like, seeing how many kids struggle with mental health nowadays, like, Mm. I've got students who can barely enter a classroom because they're so anxious about things. I have kids who, like, need to stop and take breaks because they just, they get overwhelmed and they get nervous. And, like, it's, it's crazy the amount of mental health issues that are prevalent amongst kids. Like, not even amongst adults, but, like, Mm -hmm. amongst kids today, like... They're just, I guess they're just dealing with so much, like, and stuff is coming at them from all angles. And yeah, like, I just, I love that there's something out there that they can read and and understand and sort of like help them through tough Mm -hmm. times. Yeah. So. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so I guess we'll get into it. But first, just a heads up, we are not a spoiler-free zone and things might get a little saucy. Not Not really. really. (laughs) No. So (laughs) this is our first week, obviously, um, doing solitaire. Um, So Alice Oseman is an American best-selling author uh, responsible for um, many LGBTQIA plus books and graphic novels. She, um, she started Heartstopper, which is now a popular Netflix series and graphic novel um, as a comic on Tumblr. So she'd post, I think, a few times a week there. Mm-hmm. Um, and she still posts updates there now, which is cool. Uh, she is currently on a mental health break. Um, I'm pretty sure she still is. Last I checked, uh, there weren't being, there weren't any updates cause she, um, is very busy with like the second season of the show and doing more graphic novels, I guess, bundling them, getting them ready and her other books. So, um, she's not updating Heartstopper now, but she plans to in the future. Yeah. Um, so... Solitaire is Alice Oseman's debut novel. So it's the first novel she wrote and she released it in 2014. Um, She did make edits to it to sort of make it more in line with Heartstopper and her current like moral values and stuff. And then she re-released it in 2020. Uh, I think it was previously a little bit darker Mm-hmm. than what it is now I from what she said in the beginning of this book like there's a foreword in the beginning about yeah. how she made the edits that's what it seems to be mm-hmm. um, but I don't know if it's even possible to get an original copy of it it would probably either. be pretty hard yeah um, so like I already said it is about it's about uh, our main character is Tori <laughs> um so that is, so in Heartstopper, we have Nick and Charlie. So Tori is Charlie's sister. Um, Sorry. So obviously we're going to have spoilers for Heartstopper because technically Heartstopper is a prequel 
to mm-hmm. Solitaire. So um, if you haven't read Heartstopper yet and you care about spoilers, maybe pause. Go yeah. read them. They're really fast to read. They're like an hour, hour and a half each. And there's only four of them. So you can do it. Yeah. And I guess it is important to note that like this did come out before Heartstopper did. So I think she made the characters in this book and then she wanted to develop them a bit more. Mm-hmm. So that's why she did Heartstopper. But like, I don't mind spoilers when I get them based on publication order. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like if I'm reading something and it, it came out first, I like to read that first, but that's just my. Yeah. I'm more thinking that we'll have thoughts. Oh, true. Right. Yes. Based on what we read and interpret based on what we already know from Heartstopper. Good point. God, I didn't think that I was that insightful. I didn't think I'd have thoughts. Bring the two works together. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. (laughs) But yeah, so we may end up talking about it because it is relevant. Everything is relevant. I wrote that. (laughs) You did? I, but I was just like, oh, but we probably won't. But I fucking, I fucking wrote that. <laughs> anyway. You're smarter than even you know. <laughs> Apparently. Sorry. So yeah, Tori Spring is a year 12 student who's struggling with some mental health issues. Um, she ends up meeting another student, Michael Holden, and they start trying to unmask a prankster in their school under the pseudonym of Solitaire. Um, so we'll say that like this series is actually a lot darker than Heartstopper. And it really delves into mental health issues. It's like obviously, especially amongst teenagers. Um, we are going to put out some trigger warnings here for the entire book. Um, so there are trigger warnings, which include depression Eating disorders, uh, OCD, self-harm, and suicidal um, ideation. So just a heads up on those. We don't want anybody um, getting hurt or... Yeah, we're not feeling comfortable. Yeah. Um, These trigger warnings are also at the beginning of the book. So if if you are reading along with us, um, I'd hope that you would have noticed them at the beginning of the book as well. Yeah. Um, so week one, we will be starting with chapter one and this week we're doing chapters one to 10. Um, we start the book with two pride and prejudice quotes, which I love. I'm yeah. happy about it. I have thoughts. Uh, I have so many thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll get into it. Yeah, I'm sure. So the first quote is from the pride and prejudice book and it goes, I quote, and your defect is a propensity to hate everybody. And yours, he replied with a smile, is to is willfully to misunderstand them. And then I I love I love that quote. It is so good. Like, especially when you break it down and like actually like think about it. And yeah, because I guess we might have some spoilers for Pride and Prejudice too. <laughs> but if you if you really like when you first read it, you're like, oh, why is he being such a dick? But then when you reread it, you're like, oh, he is so in love with her. <laughs> yeah. But he's really so cute. Yeah. But she he's really calling her out here. Mm-hmm. 
and I just love it. Yeah. Because he's like, you're misunderstanding what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> yes. And I like that he replied with a smile because yeah. I'm like, he's not one that smiles that often. And no. it's just so sweet. <laughs> um, the second quote is actually from our favorite of the mm-hmm. movie adaptations, the 2005 um, Keira Knightley and Matthew McFadden edition movie thing. And it says Elizabeth. And then like a colon. Yeah, that's the word. A colon. So she's Elizabeth says, do you dance, Darcy? No, she says, do you dance? And then Darcy says, not if I can help it, which I just immediately upon hearing those words, I can picture the scene and I I love it. (laughs) Do you dance, Mr. Darcy? Not if I can help it. Oh, my heart. So good. I just love them. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so that's just how (laughs) the book starts and our love of Pride and Prejudice. (laughs) Yeah. It, so, it's, it's immediately we're like yes we're both in it yeah <laughs> uh so to start off the book we meet tori obviously she is our main character and she's back to school after the christmas holidays and she's thinking about how like a lot of people struggle with this time of year and i don't know about you but i i did in january too mm-hmm. like struggle with getting back to real life after christmas and like Christmas is a lot of ups and a lot of seeing people and a lot of happy times. And then to go to January and you're just stuck in a house and it's cold and you're like, it's just very different contrasts. So anyway, Tori's basically just thinking about um, like, apparently a lot of people struggle this time of year, but for her, she says it's like the exact same as any other day. Like, she feels the same today as she did on Christmas. And, like, obviously she she doesn't feel great. Um, Her friend Becky greets her by saying she looks a little like she wants to kill herself. And she says it's funny because it's true. Um, Which is kind of a, a not a tagline, but, like, it's kind of, like, her go-to saying in a lot of this book. Um. Yeah. So we get that Tori's in sixth form, which is like year 12, but she still does have another year left. So it is different than our school. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. The entire schooling system (laughs) I find confusing. Yes. I I had to Google it because I was like, what is happening? So anyway, she, she has another year and a half of schooling left from what I can tell um the book is kind of written like tori's talking to the reader uh so she does tell us that her name is victoria spring and she says that she makes up stuff in her head that makes her sad which is relatable and she likes to sleep and blog and one day she'll die so that's that's quite the introduction that we get to her um becky whose name is Rebecca Allen, is probably her only friend and probably her best friend, she says. Um, Becky has long purple hair and is pretty popular. Um, Tori talks about her lot is what I guess they call their group of friends. Uh, And it also includes Evelyn Foley, who is currently arguing with Becky about Malfoy and Harry being in love. 
um, which I kind of loved. Like, I know there's mm-hmm. a lot of, there's like pop culture stuff in this. And like, I know sometimes it doesn't age well, but it all worked for me. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it, 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 it went well for us because a lot of the references we were also into. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like we were into Harry Potter. So yeah, I love that they talk about Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, you know, yeah. Yeah. And then obviously Pride and Prejudice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, so they're arguing about Malfoy and Harry and they look at Tori to kind of get like her take on it all. And she just responds that Harry Potter is a bit shit and she wishes that people could move on from it, yeah. <laughs> which is like totally calling me out as a person. But okay. <laughs> yeah. do you know what the only thing so like not that I don't get it, but like the lot they seem like decently popular kids mm. and like. Tori sort of has a running theme through this book that like she's antisocial, she doesn't like anybody, she doesn't have any friends, blah blah blah. Hmm. Like it seems like she's decently popular if she's in with the popular crowd. Yeah. I automatically go to, well, she must be at least a little bit popular. Yeah. And she just I don't know if it's just like she doesn't recognize it about herself or I don't know, but like she seems like, and not not just popular, but she, to me anyway. Like in these pages, she, she also seems like people want to be her friend. Yeah, I feel like her issue is she just doesn't feel like she belongs with her group of friends or as a popular person. So she just it makes her feel even other that she is something like that but it's yeah it is like her friend her best friend becky does seem like she's pretty popular in this school um so there are two grammar schools uh in this place basically um higgs which is the school that she's in now is a school for girls and truem is the boys school And apparently in like the last two years, year 12 and 13, both schools accept all genders, which just seems wild. I'm like, why would you just change shit up in the middle? It's just, I don't get it, but. I would never want to go to the, why? And like, not that this, but in the show, the schools are like right across from each other. So like, Mm. why would you want to just cross the street? Like, I just feel like you'd be so comfortable in your old school. Yeah, that's how I would feel. I would never go to the, I'd never go to the boys' school. Oh. For like the two years you have left? I can't. I guess like if you, like I didn't love high school by any means. I wanted to get out of there as fast as humanly possible. But like I didn't, I wouldn't go to a new one because I think I'd have the same issues. Anyway, yeah. So I don't think I'd do it, but no. some brave motherfuckers obviously do it. Yeah, so a lot of them, them. It feels like a lot of them do it. Uh, yeah, I guess like if you're extroverted, maybe you wouldn't be as terrified as I would be. But well, I'm wondering if like are there different course options depending? Hmm. That's like yeah, because like even high schools here, some people decided to go to different high schools based on like if they were into music or if they yeah. were into sports, that kind of stuff. So yeah, that makes sense. And it, like advanced placement and stuff is a big mm-hmm. thing now that's not offered everywhere. So yeah, no, that does make sense. Um, anyway, so Tori goes to her locker and there's a post-it note on it with an arrow, and 
she like pulls it off of her locker and looks to the left where the arrow pointed. And there's another one. And she says that like everyone else is ignoring them, which kind of makes her want to check it out even more. Uh, So she follows all these post-it notes and she ends up at a computer lab. And on the back wall, there's a post-it that says solitaire.co.uk. Someone walks into the lab and it's talking to themselves, um, which I just find funny because I always talk to myself. Um, When they notice that Tori is there too. And he's like, obviously this is commentary from Tori's head, but he's apparently pretty ordinary but he sees her and pounces at her and gets like right in her face <laughs> and which is already too much. I'd be like, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. But she says he has one green eye and one blue. Oh my God. And Does that remind you of anything? It reminds me of um, Mortal Instruments movie. <laughs> oh. Why else? Oh, okay. It reminds me of that movie. I don't know if anyone's seen it called Practical Magic. It had oh. Nicole Kidman and um, Sandra Bullock in it, and they're witches. Oh, okay. And they're sisters. And she goes through heart. One of the Sandra Bullock's character goes through heartbreak, so she makes a wish for uh, a partner, like the love of her life. She like creates a man that would be the love of her life, mm. but like she doesn't realize that he already exists. And that was one of the things she wishes for is that he would have one green eye and one blue. And, and now like for some reason, whenever I see that anywhere, I'm brought back to that movie because she's like a nine year old, like picking petals in a greenhouse, like concocting this like spell Hmm. to like, it's such a cute little moment. The movie is amazing. If nobody has seen it, like, or I'm, I know people have seen it, but if anyone <laughs> listening hasn't seen it, you sh- totally should because it's real good. Hmm. I'm gonna come. I'm gonna come over and make you watch it. Yeah, that's the only way it's gonna happen. I know. <laughs> um, so this guy basically greets Tori by screaming her name <laughs> and then shows her a photo of her that he like had in his hands, which is so wild. <laughs> I'm like, it's just creepy. Like, why? Why do you have her picture? Two, why are you looking for her? Because he never, like, he doesn't really tell us. Yeah. Does he? I he don't just, remember. Like, he just tells her that he's helping someone who's looking for her. But he doesn't know who the person is. Yeah. Like, he doesn't know their name. <laughs> um, and it's just hecka creepy. It is. And you're like, does that person even exist? <laughs> um, but he ended up coming in here because of the arrows too and ended up finding her at the same time, which he's like, a happy coincidence. And I'm like, you're a stalker. Serendipitous. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, he does tell her that the person looking for her is a blonde guy, but she has no idea who it could be because she doesn't know any boys. Um, oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. And... This guy <laughs> tells Tori that he's seen her before, but he's a year 13 and he apparently only came to Higgs in September. So he's only been there for a few months. Um, so she doesn't really recognize him. Um, he's very excitable. Like he just reminds me of like a golden retriever in this scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's very monotone. <laughs> um, 
but he wants to know about the mystery and he's just talking nonstop. So Tori like takes out her phone and goes to the website um, that was on the sheet of paper in the back of the room. And it's a blog, but it's empty. Like there's nothing on it yet. And this guy whose name we still don't know is so disappointed that she starts to feel a little bit bad for him. (laughs) And um, she does, she's kind of over it all though. She like tries to leave, but he comments that she cut her hair. Just just such a foolish comment. Like, yes, people cut their hair. (laughs) Yeah. But she kind of starts to think back to how she went to the mall looking for a backpack for school and basically had a panic attack um, when she got overwhelmed with all that she had to do before school started. Mm -hmm. And she went to a hairdresser because her hair was suffocating her. Um, But she just replies that, yes, she did cut her hair. Like, obviously, she's not telling this random person all of that stuff. Yeah. But it is an insight into her as a person. Um, And definitely... Like she doesn't, she doesn't explain it as a panic attack, but like kind of how she describes it, it, it does sound like she was probably having a panic attack. Yeah. Um, so this guy finally tells her his name is Michael Holden and he asks who she is and like, he already knows her name. I don't know what this question even means, but she thinks that she's nothing. She's a void. Um, and then an announcement says that all six forms should be in the common room for a meeting. And she turns around and Michael is gone. Which, how? Yeah. Like, I'm, I feel like she must, she must have been like. Slow turning around. Yeah. Or like lost in thought for a while. Yeah, maybe. Um, Tori's internal monologue is very, I think like you kind of said earlier, it does seem like they are teenagers. It's very high school. And I I can really relate to a lot of things, a lot of the feelings she has. So like, it just really does remind me of being in high school, which. (laughs) Yeah, no, I am not. I, I hated high school. Yeah. With a burning passion. Yes. Um, I don't know. I just find I didn't have a niche. I'm annoying now as an adult. Like, I am. Like, I, I feel like I have an annoying personality. I can tone it down a little bit, but, like, I'm still annoying. So, I, I feel like I was even more so when I was in high school. So, like, that, I didn't grate. I grated on people's nerves. And I just found, like, I didn't find my people yeah high school is hard too and anything like that because like yes in jobs you're around the same people for that many hours a day but like most jobs you're not literally with the same like 25 people that is in your class going around for everything and like you're with them forever it's too long to be with people like you need breaks from the general population especially in high school but yeah, high school was pretty shit. Yeah. Um, so Tori ends up in the common and she can't stop thinking about Michael. So she looks around for him. 
Um, and she kind of thinks it's it's not because she's interested, just because he left while she was still talking. And you're like, sure, that's why. Um, she kind of starts to think about all the cliques that are there. Like there's the popular girls and the nerdy girls and the normal girls who are basically kind of like in between. And she says, likely repressing their personalities, um, which is like, it seems very bleak. But I also know it's it's what high school was like. Yeah. Um, she does think that her lot is likely part of like group three, like the group of normal. just normal girls who are not nerdy and they're not popular. They're just kind of in the middle of coasting. Um, but earlier she did say that her best friend was popular. So it's a bit bit of mixed messages. Yeah. Um she does really feel like she isn't like anyone at all, which is just a common theme. Yeah. Um, and, and like, maybe she's not, but at the same time, like that also shouldn't be something that we hate on. It should be something that we celebrate. Yeah. And I also think like, obviously I can't speak to most people, but I feel like everybody in high school kind of thinks that they're different than everybody else. Mm-hmm. It's like just something that you, you think because you don't understand yourself and you don't know why life is beating you down so hard in high school. But yeah. um, anyway, Mr. Kent, the deputy head and Tori's English teacher for five years comes in um, and right as he is about to speak, the Darth Vader theme song from, well, theme from Star Wars begins to play. And then behind him, like photos start, scrolling like a slideshow and there's like a picture of him as Yoda and then as Jabba the Hutt and then photoshopped as Princess Leia and he just walks out at the end of the photos he just walks out of the room basically and at the end of the photos is the same blog name and Tori looks it up now and there's one post on the site and it's a picture of Mr. Kent staring angrily at the board so like obviously whoever this is is in this room yeah um we meet someone else from their lot, Lauren, and they talk about the prank and Tori doesn't really comment much. And when she does only, only Becky really hears what she says. Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't know. She, she's not very vocal in her friend group. She no. it feels like she really doesn't mesh with them other than Becky. Now, doesn't she say somewhere that, like, she's not really friends with, like, Lauren and them? They're just yeah. other kids in the group? Yeah. yeah. I don't actually know. Maybe, maybe it, I'm wrong. Well, she says in the beginning that Becky is her, probably her only friend. Yeah. So, it, it does have that feeling. Mm. Um, Tori thinks about how Star Wars was a major obsession for her as a kid. Um. So it's just interesting that that was a Star Wars thing. Um, I like, I understand this is her personality as like a character. If that were me, I would not be able to keep that quiet. Especially yeah. with all the Star Wars stuff that just went on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I know, but I feel like too, when I was in high school, I wasn't like, oh, I'm obsessed with things. I didn't want people to know. I guess. I don't know. It's, yeah, yeah. Right now, if that happened in my job, I'd be like, oh my god, I love Star Wars. <laughs> so, yeah, I get what you're saying. 
Um, Tori is dozing in the computer lab when Becky taps her shoulder and Lucas Ryan comes up behind her. And apparently they were best friends in primary school until they were 11. Mm-hmm. And Tori's just shocked because she, I guess, didn't expect to see this person from her past there. And they basically say that they'll both um, catch up with each other now that he's in the school. And Becky introduces herself as his replacement, Ah. which is kind of funny. (laughs) I like that. Yeah, me too. Um, When Lucas leaves, Becky is shocked that Tori held a conversation by herself and with a boy, no less. Um, It kind of seems like Two things. It seems like Tori likes Becky because she doesn't have to talk when she's around her because Becky yeah. will do all the talking. But then it also like, I feel like Becky kind of like undercuts Tori sometimes and like tries to make her feel bad for not talking, which I know they're probably better friends and this is only a look into it, but it, it just is a bit backhanded almost. Um Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, when Tori gets home from school, she goes on her blog and, um, I figured out afterwards that it's, it's based on Tumblr. So like it was just a Tumblr blog that she had, which I kind of love. Yeah. I love Tumblr. (laughs) I love it. it. (laughs) Yeah. I love it because it's like how old school is blogging now. Yeah. Blogs. But, like, yeah. in this book, like, so many people blog. Well, just did you when you were in high school? No. So, I there was like a I blog. was too early. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I blogged all the time. Did there you? Was, yeah, Blue Caffey. Remember that one? I do remember it, yes. Yeah, so, like, it was more the emo-y side of school I feel like had that yeah which I was basically a part of but yeah I used to blog so it, this really just reminds me of like it seems like she's just throwing shit on there and it's kind of like what I would do as well <laughs> yeah but yeah um she says that her laptop is her soulmate and she's embarrassed by the blog, but she also finds people like her through blogging, which is obviously important. Yeah. Um, she feels like she can say things on her blog that are socially unacceptable to say um, because they seem attention seeking, which is super relatable, I think, for many teenagers because you don't want to seem like you're looking for attention, but at the same time, like you're having feelings or you're having thoughts and people do need to find like people to them that so they can feel acceptance. Yeah. Um, she has a Facebook notifications. Uh, There's one from Lucas and one from Michael adding her as a friend. (laughs) Um, so she adds them both and she checks the solitaire blog and it says solitaire colon patience kills, which is interesting. What does that mean? I do not know. (laughs) She starts thinking about Lucas and she almost feels hopeful um, about the fact that like she could have a friend again in him because they were such good friends when they were younger, but she does talk herself out of it. And 
then she kind of just wonders why she does anything at all. And like her brain really does work against her in a lot of situations. Yeah, for sure. Um, Tori goes downstairs and her mom is on a computer in the kitchen and we kind of get some insight into their relationship and it doesn't seem great. Like they don't talk to each other because it ends in yelling and Tori kind of says it's because they're so similar. So they both stopped trying and like that bothers me that her mother stopped trying to have a relationship with her. Cause that's not fair. No. Like teenage girls and their mothers don't always get along. I know firsthand I was a piece of shit, but like you're going through so much stuff. You can't, I don't know. I can't imagine a mother just being like, I'm just going to give up trying to have this relationship. I actually like, I just don't like the mother like Tori mm-hmm. and Charlie's mother in general. Mm-hmm. Um, just reading about some of the shit she got on with in Heartstopper, I just it just makes me dislike her more. Yeah, I completely agree. And like, I feel like that background does also paint how I see her as this book starts. But like, I just disliked her going in, and now I'm like, yeah. she can do nothing good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, that's, I guess that's who she is. I just feel bad for them because it's sad. Um, The phone rings and her mom asks her to answer it. And it's Becky who is shocked that Tori answered the phone. And Tori's kind of shocked herself. And Becky tells her she needs to tell her this by phone. And of course it's about a boy. But it's just kind of funny because I'm like, I would still text. I would never call somebody now. Like when I was in high no, school, I would God, call no. somebody, but I would never, I'd never call somebody now. I know they recommend at work. They're like, try texting, try emailing first. But if you don't get an answer, you make that phone call. And I'm like, no, thank you. I'd rather just email again. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's where I'm at. Please don't make me. Yeah. I feel that every day. <laughs> um, so Becky starts telling her about her almost boyfriend, Jack, and Tori starts to kind of daydream about living Becky's life because Becky is popular. She's happy. She goes to parties. Like she feels like if she was more like Becky, maybe she would be happy. Um, But she gets interrupted from her daydream when Becky tells her that she had sex weeks ago with Jack. And this is like the first time that she had had sex. And it just seems odd that it, it took her weeks to tell her friend, but also, high school is kind of yeah. like that. High school's weird. People do things for weird reasons. And and you don't really know, like, how she feels, like, how Becky feels about it all either. Like, maybe no. she's a bit embarrassed and she doesn't want to tell her friend or who knows. Yeah. Um, but Tori's a bit taken back by this. Like, she doesn't know how to feel or how to talk to her friend about it. Um, Becky kind of feels like she's judging her, but she does say that she isn't and she's happy for Becky, but she also feels a bit bad for herself since she isn't putting herself out there and going for what she wants since she doesn't really even know what she wants. Yeah. And she does obviously, I think, feel jealous of Becky. Like Becky is confident. She's outgoing and mostly happy. And like, that's not how Tori sees herself. No. Um, Tori goes to talk to her brother, Charlie, who's a year 11 at Truem. And Tori describes him like as nice, but not in like 
a patronizing way, more in an admiring way. She does mention like Charlie's life isn't all jolly. He does have an eating disorder and he had some self-harm relapses recently, but he spent some time in an inpatient psychiatric ward and is in counseling still. And that's helping him. Yeah. Um, Charlie, his boyfriend, Nick and Charlie and Tori's seven-year-old brother, Oliver are in the living room with like 50 boxes and they're building a tractor for Oliver. Um, Tori kind of mentions to the reader that Nick is a year 12 like her and he's the human embodiment of a golden retriever. And (laughs) he, he apparently seems like he could be one of like the scary guys at the back of the bus, but he, he has stuck with Charlie through his struggles. So she thinks that he's all right. So seems like a good guy. Oh yeah. Great guy. Great man. (laughs) Um, Tori joins in on the building of the tractor and when they're done, the three of them sit inside while Oliver draws wheels on the outside and Charlie tells her about his day. And then she tells them about Lucas Ryan coming to her school and how she's happy she could have a friend. And she mentions meeting Michael Holden as well. And Nick chokes on his tea. Um, they, they tell her, I guess, like, both boys obviously went to Truem before because everybody does if they're a boy. Yeah. Um, but they tell her that Lucas is all right, but there's something up with Michael. They think he's likely behind the prank, even though they have no reason to think that. Um, but Tori doesn't believe that. Oh. <laughs> Tori, um, I guess a little later, is on her way to meet her lot at Pizza Express And she's running late because of her mom, which is another, like, I I don't know. Um, She doesn't even really want to go to this supper anyway, though. Um, But she feels like she should make an effort, which is relatable. Yeah. Tori sits down with her friends and Lucas is there. And she says her lot have basically made him the boy of the group because it's like, it's super cool to have a boy in your group. Obviously, an all girls school, it does make sense. Um. Tori basically just watches her friends hang out and she doesn't really contribute to anything. Um, Tori notices Ben Hope talking to some girls further down the table. And he's apparently the guy at Higgs that every girl wants to be with because he's cute, but Tori doesn't like him and neither do we, but that is based on Heartstoppers, which we do get into a bit later. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Lucas does try to like drag Tori into the conversation, but that's not really something that she wants anyway, but they do talk about music for a bit. And (laughs) Tori kind of talks about how she will listen to one song a million times until she hates it and then never listen to it again. And that's like her relationship with music in general. Yeah. Um, which I think I, I'm sorry. I just, I think her mate. Sometimes her choices, her music choices are skeptical. Yeah, (laughs) I can see that. Um, The whole table gets kind of quiet and Tori looks behind her and Michael Holden is walking towards her and he sits at the table and Tori's friends are just like, why is there a boy here wanting to talk to you? Yeah. Um, And he tells them that he needs to talk to Tori about their investigation into solitaire. 
And she kind of just explains that she followed some post-it notes and he followed them too. And that's how they met. Michael also knows who Becky is and calls himself a Facebook stalker and tells them they're lucky he isn't a serial killer. And I'm like, are you, are you trying to make friends here? Or are you trying to like, like it's not your best foot. I just make people afraid of him. Yeah. Um, Lucas doesn't seem to like Michael immediately and Tori almost feels bad for him. Um, he introduces himself to another girl at the table, Rita, who is apparently a quiet friend of Lauren's. So I guess she's ish part of the lot as well. Um, Michael tells the, tells everybody that he forgets what he wanted to tell Tori and Lucas tells him it can't have been that important then, which is kind of fair. Um, Becky asks if they're friends now and Michael turns it back to Tori and asks her if they are. And Tori says he doesn't know anything about her. And (laughs) this part, I would be so embarrassed if I was just sitting there listening to it. But he lists off a lot of things about her. Yeah. He calls her an introvert with a pessimist complex. And he tells her she acts like she cares about nothing. And if she keeps going like that, she'll drown in the abyss she's imagined for herself. Which I'm like, who the fuck is this kid? Um... Lauren calls him a stalker and he says he isn't, he just pays attention. And then Evelyn says it's like, he's in love with her. Hmm. And he agrees. It's a bit like that. (laughs) But then Lauren says she's heard that he's gay. And he says that he's not fussy about gender. And you can tell that Lucas is kind of jealous of the thought that maybe, maybe Michael is in love with her. Um, Becky then asks him if he's pansexual and Tori goes to the bathroom. She said she doesn't want to be a part of the conversation right now. Um, She stays there for a while and has a bit of a pep talk, reminding herself to be funny and chatty and happy like normal people. And she does start to feel a little better, except she isn't as excited about Lucas being her friend anymore. And she thinks it could be because of the Hawaiian shirt that he's wearing. Mm, valid. Yeah. Completely fair. Okay. So Tori comes back after spending like ages and ages in the bathroom, like more than socially acceptable <laughs> amount of time. Like, you know how when someone's gone for like 10 plus minutes and you're starting to think, well, what are they doing in there? Are they okay? Did they go out through the window? <laughs> I love how that's where your mind goes. My mom, mind goes to, oh my God, are they pooping in there? Like, are they pooping in a public bathroom? Like, you can't, I don't know. I don't like people thinking that I'm doing that. Yeah. I, don't, I also don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I don't know. I don't care where I poop. <laughs> um... I but don't. it seems like she's there for even longer than like that. Like <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> yes. It seems like it's an unreasonably long time. Yeah. But anyway, so she goes back to the table afterwards and Michael is still there. <laughs> and she's sort of disappointed that he's still there. Like he's, mm-hmm. she's sort of like, oh, he's still here. But like, she still comes back to the table and sits next to him anyways. Mm-hmm. She asks him if he's gay. And, like, I don't 
know if it's like the kids these days, the younger generation. Like, we would never, I don't know, I just feel yeah. like it's a bit presumptuous. But they were all talking about it when she went to the bathroom. Yeah, I know. But like, I guess, I don't know. I would never just come right out and say that to someone. I wouldn't either. But like, are we a product of our generation? And like, it was sort of taboo. Like, you didn't really talk about it. Yes. But it's also like... Is it anyone's business? Yes. But he he said above, before she left the table, that he doesn't care about the gender. So, like, did she just not listen and block it all out? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Anyway. I really like his response, though. Like, this, I like, I actually really like his response. So she's like, oh, so you're gay then. And he's like, you guys really, like, this is, seems really important to you guys. Mm. Like, and it does. Like, they need to know his sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, and she thinks to herself, no, I'm, it, it's not. I, I don't care. Yeah. And I'm sort of like, don't you? Yeah. Anyway. It's another one of those moments. You're like, I think you're lying to yourself. Yeah. Which she does a lot. Like, mm-hmm. she is constantly like, no, I don't care about this. I don't care about anything. Blah, blah, blah. But, like, secretly, it's like, come on. We know that. You, you wouldn't be thinking about it if you did if you didn't care. Yeah. Um, but like she keeps she keeps on this train and she <laughs> sort of is trying to like coach him as if he's unaware, and maybe he is. But I feel like she's she's like, Well, do you find boys attractive or do you find girls attractive? And she's like, That's a good way for you to know. So yeah. like I I think it's kind of hard to say though because like like in Heartstoppers, yes he didn't really know and he was like had to figure it out on his own yeah and i don't know like maybe she's aware of that and she's like oh maybe you don't know <laughs> yeah but i also remember being in high school and i didn't really know how like what i identified as yeah for a while so I can I can understand why it's a big deal and maybe it's just people talk about it whereas we didn't but yeah don't know yeah um but yeah so she just like comes right out and says like well are you attracted to boys or are you attracted to girls and he's like well everyone is sort of a little bit attractive like everybody has something that's attractive about them I love that too uh, yeah I do too because it's not like well he's not I don't know. He's not saying, well, I personally find like all these people attractive. He's saying everybody has something attractive about them. Mm-hmm. And like, and it's, fair it's point. not, yeah, but it's also not sexualizing. Yeah. Like it's, it's just everybody has something that is attractive, which I completely agree with. It doesn't mean that you're physically attracted to everybody, but I do think that it's yeah. just such a nice. Yeah. It's wholesome. Yeah, exactly. Um, And so then I guess through that comment, Tori is like, oh, well, then you must be bisexual. And I feel like she's sort of like thinking of Nick here a little Mm -hmm. bit. Yeah. Um, And he, his answer to that, I also love. And he's like, you really like labels. (laughs) 
And she's like, no, I actually hate labels, but she says that's how the world works. Hmm. And she said, I really like this quote, without organization, we descend into chaos. That's fair. And I know that that's a quote from something, but I'm not going to lie. I don't know what it is. I might be a terrible person. Lord of the Flies. Oh. Maybe. Um, It would make sense if it was. Civilization begins with order, grows with liberty, and dies with chaos. I don't know. I don't think that it is word for word anywhere in that book. Hmm. Yeah, sorry. Whatever. It's fine. Uh, Maybe it is just from this. Maybe I'm just like, maybe that's why it's familiar. I don't know. So Michael asks, like, well, I guess, what are you then? And her response is straight. But she also says it with a little bit of an inflection at the end. Like, it's a question. Like, Mm. I'm straight? (laughs) So, like, she doesn't seem too sure. Yeah. Um. But, he, and he's like, oh, well, have you ever had a boyfriend before? And she admits in her head that she's never actually, like, liked a boy before. So, like, she's attracted to boys, but hasn't found one that she's liked. Um, but she said, I'll let you know if I'm ever attracted to a girl. So, that's that's fun. Fun for Fair them. Enough. <laughs> uh, they all leave, uh, and a bunch of them are going to a sleepover. Like, a, I guess a bunch of the girls. I don't know if the guys are going at all. Uh, but the girls are all going to drink. Um, uh, but Becky, she's like, oh, I didn't invite you because I know you wouldn't be into it. And Tori's like, yeah, like, you're right. I wouldn't. Thanks for not inviting me. And I just feel like if your best friend was doing something you didn't like, wouldn't you still want the invite? I feel like I would feel like they were hiding something from me. Cause like, if you're planning to have a bunch of people sleep over, you think it would come up around your friend. Yeah. It's just weird. Yeah. I don't know. Like if you were going for a run and I was nearby, even though I don't like running, you know, like an invite would still be nice. Like a token, <laughs> like, Hey, you want to come? I'd probably say no because I would never be able to. I'd never be able to keep up with you anyway. I'd run like five minutes and I'd be like, "Go on without me." <laughs> but like an invite would be, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying, especially in high school because it's such a big deal yes, in high school. Yes, like nowadays maybe not, but like, yeah, you yeah you get it. Yeah, I do. Anyway, so yeah, so I guess Tori starts to walk home and they're all, everybody else is going to this like sleepover party. Um, Michael walks home with her because he lives in the same direction, apparently. Um, And they chat a bit, like she talks about how she hates being called Victoria um, because it's related to the queen, like Queen Victoria. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and Michael hates his name, too, because he finds it really biblical and he's not religious, so he hates it. Uh, they're, like, walking down the street and they pass a couple of girls who are, like, in dresses. And she hears one of the girls ask the other girl who Lewis Carroll is. And Tori thinks, like, hearing that question makes her imagine getting out a gun shooting both of those girls and then herself which is a super yikes moment like 
Yeah. That is a very minor, like, am I disappointed in the education system because these two girls don't know who Lewis Carroll is? A little bit. Yeah. Does it make me want to kill them? No. So, like, you know, it, it shows you, like, she is not in a great place. Yeah. At all. Um... And it's just another instance of her, like, wanting to kill herself. Like, she talks about it a lot. Even, mm-hmm. like, passing comments. It's just mentioned all the time. Yeah. So, anyway. Passing comment, or not even a comment. Passing thought in her head. She gets to her ha- her house. And Michael asks her, like, can we really not be friends? And, like, I don't remember her saying they couldn't be friends. He asked, their friends asked, her friends asked at the table if they were friends now. And he said, he looked at her and was like, are we friends? And she was like, you don't know anything about me. Oh. And that's when he listed all the shit. Right, 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 right. But she, she didn't really say they couldn't be friends. Yeah. She just said, you don't know me. Yeah. So I think he overreacted a little on it. Yeah. He was like, can we really not be friends? (laughs) and then she's like why do you even want to be friends with me uh and she's like she says that she doesn't understand so this is an it was an interesting quote so she says i don't understand why you even care about dot 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 Hmm. she doesn't finish that sentence but she was going to say the word me So she was going to say, I don't understand why you even care about me. But she realized that that is a really like loaded Loaded. question to ask. So she, Hmm. she doesn't finish it. Yeah. Uh, He sort of says like, he doesn't understand why it's important that they're friends either, but he knows it is. Um, He also says, Oh, Hey, I remember what I came to tell you. And then he's like, I knew the whole time. Like, I remembered the entire time what I was looking for you for. But he was like, I didn't want everyone at the table to know. Mm-hmm. And she's sort of confused. Like, why would you go find her at a busy restaurant to fi- to tell her something, knowing there would be other people present, but then not wanting to tell her that thing in front of other people? Yeah. Maybe wait till she's alone. I don't know. Um. So he says, we met before. And she does not remember this at all. But then it sort of clicked in for that he was the the student who showed her around Truem when she was deciding whether or not to switch for her sixth and seventh form. Mm -hmm. Um, And she said she was surprised because he seemed so normal during that tour. Like, (laughs) she thinks he's a bit of an oddball, a bit weird now. And like, fair point he is. I don't think he's crazy weird, though. A bit like eccentric. People are like, "Oh my god, he's so weird." Yeah, like I know. Up, up to now, like what's he done? Blurted out talking to some people he doesn't really know. Like, is that the most serious of his crimes? Yeah, I don't know. I don't really get it. So I, it just I also, seems like sorry. I don't. So no, I I cut you off. I don't know if I have the comment about her wanting to shoot the two girls and then herself in my book. Oh. I guess it is what it is, but our books might be slightly different. 
we'll be able to compare and contrast the book. Yeah. Because it's just like, it's obviously like just in passing that she thinks it. But I was like, I think I would remember that. Yeah. (laughs) And I do not. Yeah. So guys, it turns out that Catherine and I have different versions of this book. I have like the physical copy, but it is the one that has the foreword about changing things in 2020. So I guess we'll be able to talk about the differences too. Yeah. Which is fun. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Anyway. So, so yeah, she said she was surprised that he seemed so normal. And he says that he thinks that they're similar and that sometimes they act normal, even though they aren't. And I do think she does this a hundred percent. Like she acts like nothing bothers her and acts like everything's fine mm-hmm. when it isn't. Uh, so she gets home and her family is having dinner. Um, their dinners are like two and three hour uh, affairs because Charlie, her brother, has an eating disorder. Um, so they have a little brother named Oliver that is in the living room because he's allowed to get up early. Obviously he doesn't have to stay at the dinner table for two, three hours. Mm -hmm. Um, so her and Oliver play Mario Kart for a quite a long time. And (laughs) all of a sudden the mother comes in and she's annoyed because Oliver should have been in bed an hour ago. And like Tori responds with, I mean, that's not really my job. And like, yeah fair point man like yeah can you imagine like the mom being pissed because she like her it's her seven to eight year old child if you want your kid in bed then that's on you to get your kid in bed you're in the house yell at the kid bedtime yeah like (laughs) or if you want that hard if you want tori to put the kid to bed say hey tori can you help oliver get ready for bed like or like finishing up supper Hey, Tori, since you're in there with him, can you remind him when bedtime is? Like, anything. Yeah. Like, don't just assume that your oldest child is going to take responsibility for your youngest child. Yeah. So, I, like, that really bothered me. And can I, like, across the books, the Heartstopper ones in this one, hmm. the mom seems like a piece of shit. Yes. Yeah. Completely agree. Like, not happy with her. So, the mom, like, sends Oliver off to bed. And, like, it's not even hard. She just says, okay, Oliver, bedtime. And he immediately turns off Mario Kart and goes to bed. Like, what kind of a seven-year-old is this? (laughs) Doesn't make sense. It does not. And then she gives Tori, like like, a look. And Tori thinks, Tori's like, do you have anything to say? And then the mom (laughs) just, like, doesn't and just walks out. And I'm like, you go, girl. Um, Yeah. But, like, she thinks that her mom doesn't really like her. And she's like, it's fine because I don't really like her either. And I'm like, again, you're getting that, like, it seems like she's doing that thing where she's, like, lying to herself. Yeah. It's like, obviously you care if your mom likes you or not. Yes. And like, I know we've seen a few instances of her mom being not the greatest. Yeah. But like, I in high school (laughs) was antagonistic with my mother and was like, 
she hates me. <laughs> so I don't know if it's also like partly a high school thing because it is from her point of view. Not, True. not a high school thing, but like just when you're yeah. that age and you don't get along with your mother. I relate to this whole thing. Yeah. Really close with my mom now though. So who knows? Maybe, yeah. maybe Tori will be too. <laughs> Could be. When she's 30 something. Yeah. Um, anyway, so she blogs for the rest of the night and just like hangs out in her room. Um, she said she falls asleep, but then she like wakes up in the middle of the night and her mind won't turn off. Mm-hmm. Um, she discusses a lot in the night that she feels like there's demons around. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know if that's, if it's a metaphor for like her thoughts being the demons or if she's like, a, if she has nightmares, like I, I don't really, I don't really know if she's being like, serious like she like actually thinks they're demons or if they're mind like i don't yeah or if it's just anxiety making her feel like there's something yeah there that isn't type thing yeah yeah i i I can't i don't know what yeah i just know that she talks about it a lot especially at night when she's trying to sleep Mm -hmm. um so anyway so she's like awake in the middle of the night she says she thinks of michael um she thinks of all the friends that are at that party getting drunk and like making out with each other uh she also thinks of lucas in his hawaiian shirt and (laughs) she hopes he hasn't turned into a hipster (laughs) i don't know what's wrong with hipsters i don't know i'm a hipster so i can't are you would you qualify as a hipster i kind of feel like me and jeff have made each other more hipster together because we're like we're vegetarians and we're gonna sit here and drink our coffee with our chickens and we're gonna listen to grunge post-punk music and grow our own food if we can and hatch eggs you know yeah i actually had a student the other day call me granola and i was oh, like, really me granola i was like i take know. it as a compliment i mean <laughs> do but like i don't see myself as granola i get it yeah anyway <laughs> and i don't yeah. think anybody else would call me granola no no probably not but although the only way i think of you as kind of granola e is like you would make your own granola and like you love baking things and like that kind of thing yeah i can see that side of it i guess but and i don't know like maybe her definition because she asked she was like you know what i mean when i say granola and i said yeah i do know what you mean but now Mm -hmm. i'm wondering if maybe we were thinking of different things yeah it could be maybe it's changed definitions over the years maybe um but yeah so i just i just find that really funny that that seems Mm. to be the most important thing for her is like making sure lucas has not turned into a hipster (laughs) yeah she hates his hawaiian shirt oh my god it's so it's such a sin. What's wrong with a Hawaiian shirt every once in a while? Nice Hawaiian moment. They're in the um, UK. They they need they need brightness. <laughs> so do we. So do we. <laughs> RDF is our main rain drizzle fog. That's our it's our main weather forecast. It's true. 
Um, anyway, so uh, she finally falls asleep again. Uh, a few days later, Solitaire has done a few more pranks. So, for example, one day they took all the clocks off the walls and replaced them with paper, saying Tempsu Fugit. Um, another day, they put Sexy back <laughs> on the PA system during the morning assembly. I don't know what morning assembly is. Do they all, like, literally sit in the gym and have, like, a morning meeting with all the kids? I or- kind of assumed it was just, like, in your own homeroom they do announcements. Oh, maybe. Anyway. Tempest like, Fujit means time flies. Love it. Okay, I was just curious. Yeah, no, I love it. Um, yeah, so, like, that is hilarious to me. Um, the next day, cats have been let loose in the school, which I'm so here for. Like, I love I would, it so I much. Would, I would also, I would die. I'd be like, these cats are now home here. We're mm. keeping them. Yeah. Uh, and another day, they put Material Girl on repeat over the loudspeaker, <laughs> and nobody could figure out how to turn it off. And again, I love it. Although I also agree with Tori because she was like, "I love the song," but eventually, I wanted to like, like, you know, I wanted. To, it was really annoying, so I was like, yeah. "Like, I feel like the same." If I was listening to it all the time, I'd get annoyed. Oh, hundred percent. Um. So she's in study hall this day that Material Girl is on. Uh, She's sitting alone playing chess on her phone. Uh, Becky and Ben are sitting together and they're looking really flirty. Yeah, what he did in Heartstoppers comes up in this book. So we'll we'll get into that. Yeah. Um, So yeah, so Lucas approaches her table and sits with her. He brings her a Sprite remembering that lemonade is her favorite drink she's always drinking diet lemonade um but she's like "Mm, it's not really in her head she's like it's not really lemonade um (laughs) he asks her if she remembers the chess club they were both a member in primary school uh and she could never ever beat him which always made her tantrum as a small child (laughs) Uh, and remembering that, like, I guess it sort of embarrasses her a bit. So she lies and says, no, I don't remember chess club at all. And that's like really makes awkwardness settle. Yeah. But I think it's the second time that she's lied to him about not remembering something, which is like, I also get it. Cause <laughs> I'm, I'm that idiot that would probably just blurt out. No, I don't. And then be like, why did I say that? I absolutely remember yeah so i do understand but i feel bad for lucas because he's clearly trying to like be her friend again and she said earlier that she wanted that but now she's like fighting it yeah um so yeah so he's got like a ton of books on him and tori hasn't read like any of them or she's read a couple of them so she asks him about them um he's reading Gatsby now and like why would you read Gatsby willingly like <laughs> don't come after me um but he he also has Emma by Jane Austen in his pile uh and Tori says she hates Jane Austen and she hates Pride and Prejudice which hurts my soul it hurts mine too I don't know how we continued reading this book. I know I know it's really <laughs> and now we're reading it for this <laughs> yep um she likens it to a poorly cast rom-com 
<laughs> Which I don't hate the <laughs> I don't no, I don't hate it. And maybe that's part of the reason why we love it so much. Yeah, that's true. We love poorly cast rom coms. <laughs> we do, we really do, yeah. Um Lucas is sort of like, Oh, you seem different now and you're like more serious. She's like, I was always serious, dude. And he's like, No, but you used to like play pretend and be imaginative and stuff like that, but like you're not like that anymore. She used to be a child and now she's right. not. I know amazing. <laughs> um, and he asks, like, why did we stop being friends? And she's like, dude, we just like grew up, we grew apart. And like, I get that. If you're not in school together, mm-hmm. how like, you know, my kids have friends from programs that they're no longer in that they're not really friends with anymore because there's no way for them to like if you're not in school together or you're not like actively in a class together or something like that how are you supposed to stay friends with everybody yeah anyway for some reason this comment bothers him and he responds that they haven't grown up yet and he starts to walk away to go to class and then he turns to say something to her but like he says nothing Like, he turns to say something, but then just doesn't. And then just walks away. And, like, it's giving me crushy vibes. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Like, I think he likes her. And I don't know why. Because he doesn't know her as as a teenager. I don't think he realizes that, though. I don't think he's emotionally mature enough to realize that people change. Maybe. But, like, I get, I don't know. I just don't understand how you can hold on to somebody... The idea of somebody as a child and be like, I have a crush on that child. To me, that's just weird. Yeah, but he's probably like, we don't know anything about how his life was after he left school with her. Like, maybe he didn't have any friends and he just Mm -hmm. imagined how they would have kept being friends. And now she's like up on a pedestal as somebody that he knows would have been her friend through everything. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Anyway. So he moves on uh, and she spends the next hour in study hall. Uh, She doesn't know what class she has, but like she doesn't care, which is sort of like, go to class. (laughs) Um, She thinks of Michael now. Like she says she hasn't seen him in a few days. um, And she says she doesn't have his phone number to text him, uh, but says she wouldn't anyway, because she doesn't text anyone. So there we go again. Um, She thinks about solitaire then, but reminds herself that she doesn't care. Mm -hmm. And it's just, she's just working so hard to pretend that she doesn't care about stuff. That's what I get. Um, So yeah, so she falls asleep in the middle of study hall. Where's the teacher? (laughs) Uh, And at the next bell, so she like missed a whole class. She wakes up and she thinks she's a freak just because she like slept through a class. And she says one day she'll forget how to wake up. So like, yeah, like she's so hard on herself. She really is. Especially since like when I was in high school, people slept all the time. Yeah. People sleep now in my class. They like take naps. Yeah. It's. uh, I had one kid fall asleep in the corner and it's the way my room is. I can't see that desk from my desk. So like this Mm -hmm. kid fell asleep everybody left he didn't leave 
my next class came in they all sat down i start doing attendance i'm just like looking at my computer they're all like trying to like like get my attention this is like 10 minutes of me like checking my emails and like yeah. doing attendance and stuff and then i look up and they like miss like pointing at him and then i look and he's still asleep there <laughs> So, yeah. Normal teenager shit. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, um, so yeah, a few days later, the head girl, Zelda, tells Tori, like, finds Tori and says, hey, we've chosen you to join Operation Inconspicuous with some of the other prefects. Um, I guess they want to catch Solitaire. They assume that Solitaire is working early in the morning before everyone else shows up. Um, and so... They're getting a bunch of like responsible year 12s, maybe some year 13s uh, mm-hmm. to stake out the school in the morning and try and catch Solitaire in the act. So she has to meet in school the next morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, later in the day, she passes Michael in the hall and he just yells her name at her. Tori! <laughs> and like just keeps going, which I sort of really love. Like I wish someone did that to me in the hallway. I mean, they I do now, but it's all like, mess, mess. mess. Yeah. Yeah. Mess. It's, yeah, it's not the same. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> so in English, they're reading Pride and Prejudice, and I'm so jealous. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she asserts that she really hates the book and wants to light it on fire. <laughs> and I'm really unhappy about it. Right. Anyway, so... She sees Lucas actually reading it in class. Like, she's sitting in class and, like, looking around. So, Lucas is actually reading it, being a good student. Becky and Ben are flirting some more, and she, like, really hates it. Um, and later at lunch, she asks Becky, like, what what happened to Jack? Like, what about Jack? And she's like, Jack who? And it's like, hmm, you need to go back to Jack. We don't is like that all she says about Jack? She doesn't say, she doesn't even say you need to go back to Jack. Like, that's literally all we get about Jack. Jack who? Okay. Oh. Like, nothing. So in my book, <laughs> um, she says that Tori didn't seem interested when she was telling her about Jack. So she didn't bother to tell her that they broke up like a few weeks oh. ago or something. Oh. And Tori kind of feels bad about it, obviously, because... You'd feel bad if your yeah. friend says that. Yeah. yeah. So it's a bit different. Yeah. Um, yeah. So next morning she gets to school and has to patrol like her job when she gets to school. The head girl Zelda tells her, you get to go patrol the IT suites. So like, I guess the computer labs. Uh, she doesn't do a good job at her job. She mm-hmm. also doesn't understand why they picked her. Yeah. Um, so she looks in each classroom once and then s- goes into another one and just sits on the de- at the at the desk and just like wastes time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she's like, I don't know why they're choosing me for this. I'm not doing a good job. Like, I won't do a good job at it. I'm not even going to bother. So I don't know why they picked me. Um, she hears a computer boot up in another room. So she's like, shit, I should check that out. So she goes to check it out and there's a whiteboard and it's on and connected. And all of a sudden 
the door locks behind her and a message appears from solitaire on the whiteboard which is so cool like so good a tiny bit creepy a little bit creepy but like think (laughs) about how talented solitaire is oh yeah yeah yeah. connect with all this tech and like be able to do all this so for sure but i would be creeped out if i were her and just got locked into the room oh a hundred percent (laughs) no so the message says that solitaire isn't to be feared that they are helping teens get through their anxieties uh, and then it plays this video of a couple of eight-year-olds singing and playing the violin. And it's beautiful. Like, apparently it's glorious. But Tori thinks it's like that Solitaire is trying too hard. And it's like a big too cliche and deep and intellectual. Hmm. Um, so after all that, like, she's still locked in the room. So she's like, huh, what am I going to do? So she <laughs> says she can't call Becky. She said Becky wouldn't come. Well, why wouldn't Becky come? That's apparently her best friend. I assume because she's getting ready for school and has to get her makeup done and such. (laughs) Maybe. Um, She says her dad's at work, can't come. Her mom is in her jammies, but I'm sorry. If my kids called me and said, Mom, I'm locked in a classroom and there's no one at school, even if I was in my jammies, I'd go help. Yeah, but I also think, like, you could probably call the school. Yes. Like, there's probably somebody at the office. Yeah. Like, maybe Tori doesn't know the number for the school, but, like, if she called her mom, her mom could be like, oh, I'll just call the school. Yeah. Get somebody to help you. Yeah. Uh, and apparently Charlie isn't going to get to school for another 45 minutes. Like, why can't he leave early? Yeah. I just, I just feel like she's making up a lot of excuses. Maybe it takes him 45 minutes to get there for, on the bus. Could be. Anyway, so luckily, Michael's phone number happened to have been posted to her locker the day before on a post-it. So she calls him. And she sort of, she says, like, I need to ask you something before we go any further. Are you real? (laughs) Which is an odd question to ask. Like, are you Mm -hmm. real? Because she doesn't get how someone like him would take interest in someone like her. Uh, You know. It's I guess really... they have different personalities, but yeah. it's still sad. Yeah. So um, they're talking for a little bit. And then all of a sudden she sees him pass by the class she's locked in. So like, it turns out he was already at school <laughs> doing what, I wonder. Yeah. Um, and then she asks for his help. Like she's like knocking on the window uh, and he refuses to let her out until she smiles. Which I kind of hate. But I think it's a newer thing that like women hate being told to smile. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not it's not actually new that women hate being told to smile. Obviously, everybody hates being told how to smile. But like I don't think he's doing it in a, oh, you'd be so much prettier if you smiled. He's yeah. actually like, are you physically capable of happiness at all? Yeah. Which is also sad. Yeah. Anyway, so she does smile, even though she hates it. Uh, He comes in and he watches the video again that is up and looks at the message that Solitaire wrote. And apparently he's super excited about it. And she just comes out and admits that she played the violin when she was younger, which I think is nice. Like she's opening up to him a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, He checks the blog like solitaire.co.uk. And there's an invite there to to meet up next week for quote-unquote solitarians and that everyone is welcome 
It's and nice to invite everybody to a party. It is nice, yeah. Um, and Michael is like really excited and he wants to go to the meetup and he tells Tori she's going. Like, you're coming <laughs> with me. And she's like, no, I don't really care about solitaire stuff. And like, she's like, we can hang out if you want, but like, leave me out of the solitaire stuff. And he's sort of like, what? Like, she's definitely interested in the solitaire stuff. Mm -hmm. Like her saying, I don't understand why she's saying she doesn't care. Like, I know it's her MO to say, oh, I don't care about stuff. But like, I don't understand why she has to, why she feels like she should say she doesn't care about the solitaire stuff. Yeah. I don't really know. Yeah. Anyway, so he sort of tries to, like, encourage her by being, like, solitaires are our evil mastermind, and you can be Sherlock, and I'll be your Watson, <laughs> and we need to, like, uncover this mystery. Um, so they leave, and all of a sudden, he just, like, randomly stops in front of another class, and is like, hey, what's that? And he looks, and he's, like, looking inside for something, and then Zelda comes, and she's like, Tori, did you find anything? And Tori's like, no, sorry, we didn't find anything. And Zelda's like, what do you mean by we? And Tori looks around and Michael is not there. Wild. He's, he's gone. And <laughs> she's like, shit. Like, why was he in school so early? Hmm. 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 I wonder. It's a mystery. It is a mystery. Anyway. She does not tell her friends about Solitaire, about what happened um but she goes about her day uh turns out becky is having a fancy dress birthday party which is like a costume party but they mm -hmm. call it a fancy dress birthday party which i sort of like i think it's cute yeah i only figured that out because of taskmaster <laughs> <laughs> uh so she's back in study hall again and lucas comes by again to sit with her and chat and asking her like what she's gonna wear um but he annoys her. She says she finds it really awkward to talk to him and like she doesn't really like talking to him. Um, and she says she thinks it's it's too hard to talk to people. And she thinks it's too hard to try and rekindle their friendship. Which I think is a shame. Like don't not be friends with someone just because you think it's too hard. Like yeah. if you don't like them, that's a different story. But like figure it out first. Yeah. Um... She goes home and she tells Charlie everything about Solitaire. It seems like Charlie is like the one person she could literally tell everything. She could tell him everything. Yeah. Um, But Charlie's reaction is sort of like, oh, well, stop talking to Michael so much. Yeah, I don't really understand. Like, I don't know if we just don't know anything about him yet, but they really don't like him. <laughs> no, they really do not like him. And it's just sort of like... She like Tori enjoys spending time with him, just support her. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so um we find out that her dad keeps lending her books, even though she doesn't like them. But she's uncomfortable telling her dad she hates books. Mm -hmm. And I don't understand how you can hate books. I do love that there is a protagonist in a book that doesn't love reading though. Cause like there's a lot of people that don't love reading and a lot of writers do write characters that love reading, obviously because they love reading and they love writing. And most people that read books love reading, but it is kind of nice. And like, I, I think for her, it's not, I think it's her likely depression that 
like she just doesn't care. And I don't know if like, I think it could be relatable to people who read it, especially teenagers who are like, I, I don't care about reading. I don't like reading and all that stuff. Yeah. But it is kind of nice because like normally they're all like us and they just want a giant library. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm okay with it. Um, But yeah, she says that like her dad keeps lending her stuff and she feels like it's too late to tell him that she doesn't like it. (laughs) It's like she's too far in now. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, just a passing comment that I just made me sad. Yeah, it feels like her dad is trying to relate to her. Yeah. And he just is struggling. Yeah. But it seems like he's putting more work in than her mother is. So, like, you got to give him some props. But, Kudos. like, obviously, yeah. Obviously, it's it's hard on both ends. Yeah. But obviously, if she's not going to tell her dad she doesn't like books, he's just going to assume she keeps, like... Yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, so her and Charlie hang out a little bit more. So, like, it just reiterates that she's really only... Like, she's most comfortable around him and only comfortable around him, it seems like. Uh, she then watches the 2005 Kira Knightley, Pride and Prejudice, Matthew McFadden, hates it immensely. How? It's I don't so know. good. I know. It's so good. I love it. Obviously. So, anyway, I don't have anything else to say about it, except she doesn't like <laughs> it, and it bothers me. Um, she goes to bed, and she hears a rumble. Um, she calls it the demon again. So, like, this is another iteration of, like, the demon coming mm-hmm. in. Um, and then she says something, and it's a really interesting idea. She says she feels like someone has placed a glass cage on top of her bed. And, like, she's slowly losing air. And then she falls asleep and she dreams of running in circles trying to jump off a cliff. But every time she tries to jump, there's a boy in a red hat that catches her. So, hmm. I wonder who the boy in the red hat is. I know. There are two choices right now. Or three, I guess. It it obviously could be her brother helping her out because they have a close relationship. Yeah. Interesting. Yes. So, I mean, it's a, it's, I just, I just, I really like it as an, it's a really nice analogy, I think, for like her, like almost feeling like she's suffocating Mm -hmm. and like treading and like, yeah, I just, I really like it. The whole like glass cage thing over her bed. I think it's a really cool, like image. Not like cool in a good way, but like. No, it's a good representation of like description of what she's feeling which i think is a lot of this book is like not necessarily putting labels on what she's dealing with but it's it's explaining the feelings of the bad stuff yeah (laughs) that she's dealing with so yeah yeah but yeah Yeah, so that's it for our first week. Uh, If you want to get in touch with us and um, share your thoughts on anything you heard in our episodes, or if you have any book suggestions, you can email us at coffeeandcoread at gmail.com. And be sure to check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at coffeeandcoread. Yeah, so next week we will be discussing chapters 11 to 23 of Solitaire. 
So make sure to follow along. And if you're enjoying our little chats, don't forget to follow, rate, and review wherever you find content. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you on the next page.